0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode 22 of the Mind Up Business Podcast, presented by Bennett Creative Media. I am your host, Easton Bennett, and with us today we have another exciting guest, Mary Keller. Mary, how are you today?
1: I'm great, thank you.
0: You were just on a trip. How was your trip? You're in Orlando, right?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun. Just
0: was it for work or play?
1: I uh, took the kids to Disney. They're a little older. They okay. didn't Do it when they were younger. So I feel felt like we needed to get it done.
0: Was it were... was Disney everything that people say it is?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yes, all the things that people say, yes. (laughs) That's good. Expensive and lots of walking. There there you go. So
0: what we like to do on the show is get right into the questions. We don't want to bore people at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So for people that have never met you, they don't know what you do. What do you do? What's your elevator pitch?
1: Um, Well, I actually own two businesses. Uh, I've had Marry Me Bridal for 17 years now, coming up on 18 years. Time flies. Which is a long time. And um, I actually started an Aflac insurance agency seven years ago as well. So.
0: So 17 years. Did you ever think when you start a business, you're going to go into business for 17 years? I guess you don't think about that far ahead or what?
1: I mean, everybody hopes they do, but Mm -hmm. I knew the reality of it is that I don't know what the actual statistic is, but I know that there's a large percentage of small businesses that do fail in their first five years. So, um, I was not going to let that be me.
0: Yeah. And I think when I started, I first started a clothing company when I was, when I was in high school, it was a hockey clothing company because I played hockey. So I was like, oh, I'm going to sell shirts and it's going to be great. Yeah. And then I was talking to someone and they're like, oh, don't you know, like 90% of businesses fail within the first five years? And I'm like, oh, I'll beat that statistic. Yeah, well, it failed. But we're <laughs> on to the second one. So that's.
1: You fail forward.
0: Oh, exactly. And that's where, you know, you learn from those failures. So 17 years ago, you started the business. Uh, why did you decide to go into this industry? Why, what was the thought process behind? I want to start a company.
1: Um, I didn't know what I wanted to be in college, so I was really struggling at that point in my life, which was hard for me because I had three older sisters that always knew exactly what they wanted to be. One, my oldest sister is an accountant. The next one is a chiropractor. Okay. Uh, and the one just above me is an architect and they always knew and I never knew. Um, so when I got out of college, I, I just kind of landed in the hotel industry Because it was a great job in Fargo and it was a great Mm -hmm. salary and um, eventually moved to Minot and was the director of sales for the Holiday Inn where I worked closely with brides. Okay. I had very little um, experience in retail Mm -hmm. uh, at that point in my life, mostly the hospitality, food, and beverage industry. Okay. And, but talking with the brides as I was helping them plan their wedding receptions and working with them for months at a time in, in preparation you know, they would talk about everything else that they were working on: their photographer, their florist, their gowns, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And it just kind of occurred to me that there was definitely a need in our community for an additional option um, for a bridal store. So, okay, I uh, so you decided to open a bridal store.
0: So you're not from Minot, then? Mm-mm. So you're from Fargo, or are you from somewhere else?
1: I grew up in Wapaton and graduated okay. from. Um, Wapton High School. Gotcha. Went to college in Mankato and then finished at Moorhead State.
0: How long into being in Minot did you kind of realize this hole of, okay, there might be a gap in the market here where we can start, you know, marry me bridal?
1: Um, I think I moved to Minot in like 01 and I incorporated Marry Me in 05. And I think we opened that year end of that year early 06 something like that.
0: Okay. So when you went into the business, um were you the main person running everything at the beginning kind of wearing all the hats or did you have a partner that went into business with you?
1: Um no, I've been the only owner um since it started. I've never had a had a financial partner per se, but mm-hmm. um my current manager has been with me for a very long time and Okay, cool. That's what I was thinking she should have done the interview she's
0: we should have got you both on yeah we actually should have that
1: would have been great she's one of my best friends also
0: so then when you went into business then did you ever think to yourself holy shit there's a lot of different hats I have to wear here I got to do so many different things what was that initial step like when you were starting your business and you realized how much actually goes into it
1: um yeah so there was a lot of blind faith right so I came up with a business plan um I met with my banker at United community bank and they told me the pieces that they needed, which this was a long time ago. So I don't remember all of them, but I did some research online on the bridal industry because again, I had never worked a day in the bridal industry. Okay. um, Which is why it's kind of still so bizarre that I did this. Yeah. Um, And then my sister, the architect drew up, the plans, because we rented, or I rented a space mm-hmm. um, over by the Dakota Lounge initially. Okay. And we were there for 15 years.
0: Was it in that corner unit, kind yep. of by like Duffy's? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you guys have moved now? Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. So, um, yeah. So my sister, the architect, drew up the plans, obviously, for a very low cost. And she flew out and kind of helped oversee some of the, the build outs. I had a general contractor. I mean, it was a gravel floor in there when I rented the space. Oh, right. So we, you know, she designed everything. We built it from all the out up. from the ground up. Um, the building was basically brand new. Yeah. And um, yeah, then I was like, okay, I got to buy products now. Yeah. So.
0: So I want to, I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. I want to get into a little bit more details yeah. with each step of the process. So okay. how is it having someone in your circle, I guess you could say that knows how to do things like this. So your sister architect. Why do you think it's important to have people that can do things like that instead of just starting? I don't know anybody how to find things. Why do you think that's important?
1: Well, I mean, there was just, again, I kind of go back to the blind faith, and you have to have a lot of trust in the people that are partnering with you in the success of your business. Um, so I definitely trusted my bank, I trusted my sister, um, I trusted my general contractor to keep me on task for, um, change orders to make sure that we weren't going over budget when we were building. Okay. Um, I think each outlet back then was like an additional hundred dollars. And, and so I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm going to spend so much money on outlets. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need that many. You're like, you know what? Let's just get
0: one long extension cord. <laughs> yeah, so- we'll roll with the power strip and we'll go with that.
1: Yeah. So it was nice to have my sister like, no, you definitely need this, 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 and this, you'll regret it in the long run. So yeah, I mean, surrounding yourself with people that you trust that have your best interest in mind mm-hmm. um, and people that have expertise in those areas that are in your friends and family circle, don't be afraid to reach out to them okay. and ask them for help because, I mean, we live in a community of people that are extremely helpful.
0: Yeah, and that's what's nice about mine, is it always seems like people want to help you mm-hmm. with whatever adventure you're going into. Absolutely. So as far as the you know bridal and formal wear industry did you really enjoy weddings? Did you like seeing the brides happy on the day or what was the thing or was it pretty much just, Hey, there's a gap in the market. I'm going to fill it.
1: Well, initially it was, Hey, there's a gap in the market and I want to fill it. And if there's one thing that I know I'm good at, it's customer service and attention to detail. Okay. And so I knew if I took those two things, Um, you know, just from the relationships that I had built over my time in Minot working with brides and working with parents that people trusted me Mm -hmm. when I did open my store because they already knew me. They several had worked with me. So when their friends were getting married, they were like, Hey, we worked with Mary at the Holiday Inn, she'll take good care of you. So I knew I had some of that going for me, but I didn't realize quite how much work I had to do in the bridal industry in terms of getting acceptance from both vendors and the community, you know, when people say we've been getting our taxes from XYZ for six years, mm-hmm. it's hard to get them to switch stores, right? Because.
0: Yeah. I guess I didn't even think about that. So, you have to deal with the vendors, too, not just the people that are. Right. Okay. And
1: long-term, my not, people are like, well, we always, because there's been a variety of stores over the years um, yeah. that have offered these services. But, you know, when people are saying, well, when I was in high school, we got our taxes at mm-hmm. this place, so that's where we go, you know, so it took. Yeah. It took a while to earn their trust and to earn their business, and I didn't anticipate that
0: initially. Did you have any specific ways that you tried to? I don't want to say win these people over, but to at least have them give you a chance to earn their business. Um. Or was it kind of just putting out a good product day after day and putting then out a good caring?
1: product day after day, being consistent? Customer is always right. Making sure we were always delivering. Again, my my two things were. You know the customer service piece and the attention to detail, and I knew that if we took care of every issue immediately, and you know always had a smile on our face, and always did the right thing for the customer, yep, that eventually we would win my not over, and I think we did.
0: And that's the thing is, don't people say the customer's always right, absolutely. even even if when they're when they're not right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so going back a little bit now, I want to talk about well, maybe it's forward, but. Did you guys start as only wedding stuff? Cause I know you do stuff for proms now, right? Or was it all kind of proms, weddings, every formal wear for anything right out the bat? Yeah. Right so, front?
1: so right out of the gate we had, cause you know, again, 17 years ago, square footage rent prices were less than half of what it was by the time we left that location. So yep. I took a large amount of space because the, the rent was so low at the time. So mm-hmm. then, then when I realized I had to fill it with product, it was like, oh my gosh, There's so much room. <laughs> I need so many dresses. Like, Let's put make- a putting green in
0: that corner just to fill some space. Just to fill some space, yeah. truly.
1: Cause I was like, I didn't want a space that I was going to grow out of mm-hmm. in five years. So we knew it was bigger than we needed initially. But, um, after about four or five years, I mean, we had 11 dressing rooms in there and, you know, the four months out of the year of prom season, all 11 dressing rooms were full. Okay, all day yeah. on on Saturdays and Sundays, and so it ended up being the right move in the long run for that for that period of time. But yeah, we did everything initially: prom, tuxes, wedding gowns, okay, um, shoes, jewelry, mothers, flower so, girls, bridesmaids.
0: So when you were starting, was and maybe now today too, is it, does it lean one way or the other? Is it kind of 50-50 as far as like, you know, stuff for prom, stuff for weddings, or is it mainly weddings or?
1: um, Well, prom is a short season, right? So it's kind yep, of like it. December through March, but it's first quarter is like, you know, for most retailers, it's November, December is their busy time. Yep. Um, for us, it's January, February, March, because you're gearing up for the summer wedding season and mm-hmm. you're also going through prom, which can be, you know, hundreds of tuxes a week yeah. coming in and out during prom season, but also all the dress sales and balancing, you know, the brides are also coming in on those days as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, definitely.
0: I guess it depends on, prom, the, it prom depends is, on the, is
1: very strong for us. So okay. I'd have to look at the actual numbers, but yeah. and tuxes are strong also. So I would say bridal tuxes and prom are all equally important to this okay. success the success. Just
0: kind business. of depends on the year. Yep. Or not year, but the, the time, time of, of the year. year. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: It's very seasonal.
0: So did you know that you were always kind of business minded or is that something we're like, well, I guess I could start a business because I know you said you didn't know where you wanted to go in the beginning, but did you always have the inkling in the back of your head of maybe a business is an option?
1: I figured out through the food and beverage industry that, that I did want to be a business owner someday. And that's kind of when the light bulb went off for me. Like I finally know what I want to do. Yep. Um. Just because it seemed like I would always end up being, you know, the shift manager and then the this manager, I just kind of always naturally kept moving up, moving up and being in charge of managing people. Okay. Um, and and I enjoy that aspect of it, you know, developing people and helping them be the best best version of themselves and conflict resolution and yep. forming teams and so that's probably my biggest skill set at this point in my life. But mm-hmm. I knew that. I was using my skills through those years and and really making other people a lot of money. And I was like, gosh, if I had the courage to do it myself, to trust and believe in myself mm-hmm. and not let myself, you know, not necessarily not fail, but always fail forward. Like, OK, I learned this lesson that was harsh, but I'm still going to push forward. I'm not going to give up.
0: Yeah. Which is which is cool, because that's something. That really does you have to take that leap at the beginning of a business mm-hmm. to really trust it. And maybe it's blind confidence. I it say is. I say I had blind confidence. Very blind. Because I was like, oh, I can do this. I can make a million dollars a year. And then you start doing it and you're like, oh, I, I was maybe a <laughs> little bit, I was maybe a little bit overshooting what yeah, I was thinking this here. It's
1: gonna take a minute, but you can get there if you want
0: to. Yes. Right? And it's very, you know, that's the thing about running business. It's lucrative, but it is a lot of work. So yes. how would you explain to people that I know I talk to a lot of people that don't own businesses and they don't really know what it looks like, the amount of work that goes into it. And we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. But what does the amount of work actually look like when you are a business owner from your eyes?
1: Um, I mean, I generally work seven days a week. I start earlier in the morning and I... I'm, I'm kind of a workaholic. I always have been, but I always want to do what's best for the business to keep the business moving forward and to support my staff and Mm -hmm. to support my team. And I still take vacations obviously, but, but, um, you know, setting an out of office response is pretty rare for me because I, I like to stay plugged in Mm -hmm. all day, every day, not from a micromanaging standpoint, but more from a, Hey, we always know that Mary's available. We can call her. We're not bugging her. Mm -hmm. She wants to know if, we have a question or if we need help or um, if something needs to be dealt with, we don't say, oh, well, Mary doesn't get back till Tuesday. That's not.
0: Yeah. So. And do you think that comes from almost the entrepreneurial mindset of, you know, kind of just always going, people always say that they're like, entrepreneurship, you're always running, doing something. Do you think that's what it kind of stems from?
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're the business owner, the success or the failure of the business lies solely on you. Yeah and your willingness to, um, make the business successful. So people that want to good be, and business, bad. yeah, it is good and bad because, you know, business ownership isn't for everybody because of that, because some people truly do need to unplug at five o'clock or six mm-hmm. o'clock. And I respect that. Um, but if you're going to take on the responsibility of people's livelihoods, yeah, you know, like all of my employees depend on me to navigate everything at the store financially correctly because that's how they pay their bills. Yeah. And so. If they
0: don't, they're screwed.
1: Right. So, you know, it's important to make sure that you're always on top of things financially to make sure that you're planning ahead, that you're prepared for disasters like the flood or mm-hmm. the, you know, COVID pandemic. And, yep. and you know, having good employees that trust you to navigate those yeah, and with, they you know, and they they don't want to navigate them. They just want to know well, their paycheck's coming, right?
0: They're like, as long as every two weeks, as long as that right, check comes right. in the mail, I'm good. But right. yeah, I mean, that's a risk you have to take. If you take on more responsibilities, you might have more benefits, but it also might be a little bit more stressful, right? Do you have? Did you have anyone that was kind of mentoring you through the business process, or are you learning everything on your own at the beginning?
1: Um, I pretty much. I mean, it, it sounds awful, but I really didn't have a, a business mentor per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was leaning on my personal experiences of of different businesses that I had managed over the years and helped manage over the years. And yep. always, I had a lot of very bad bosses since I was 14 years old. And I think it's important for everybody to have a couple of bad bosses because they almost become your mentors. Like, yeah. Don't treat people the way you got treated. and learn these, what not to do. You learn what not to do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, probably my sister Stacy was a huge help just mm-hmm. because she, she was the architect, but she was also the person that I was like, you know, I had those moments of like, what have I done? Yeah. Why she, am I doing this? Oh my gosh, it's too late to go back. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, you can do this. You just mm-hmm. need to keep going. You need to believe in yourself. So, even if somebody doesn't have necessarily a mentor, just somebody that is cheering for you and rooting for you and that partner. knows your skill set and can tell you to keep yeah. keep believing in yourself. And
0: a lot of people that have been on the show, they don't specifically have a mentor that's like, I'm this business guru that's helping. Right. But a lot of times it's just family. Right. You know, it's my dad helped me or, right. you know, my uncle or something was right. kind of pushing me to do this or teaching me the ways here and there. So when people look at mentors like that, I think they think, oh, I need this big business guru that knows how to mentor no it's just people that trust you they're pushing you to you know take the next step every day and just keep moving on with the business
1: always surround yourself with people that want you to win Uh,
0: there look at that that's a fantastic piece of advice we'll just use that for the bottom question the the mount (laughs) rushmore um what was the uh actually already asked you that thought process of starting business but um were you nervous in the beginning I know we talked about imposter syndrome at the beginning of the episode. I don't know if it's really imposter syndrome, but business remorse. Did you ever have any of that in the beginning when you started your business? And think, oh my gosh, oh, what have sure. I Oh, sure.
1: I mean, I think anybody that starts a business from scratch would be not being honest with themselves if they told you they never had remorse at any point. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of sleepless nights. It's a lot of unknowns. It's a lot of, you know, are we going to have good sales this weekend? Are people going to... Buy the prom, you know. We ordered 200 prom dresses and I've never ordered. Are people going to yeah. like what we picked out? Are they going to buy? So I, I don't get remorse anymore, but I still have the sleepless nights. I mean, we go to market and we spend, Katie totals it up every year. And I'm like, oh, just don't show me what I spend. Put that in week. the drawer. Yes. <laughs>
0: I don't ever want to see yes. that. Yes.
1: And, and, you know, but she's, She's our biggest cheerleader now because yeah. she's like, I've got this. We're gonna sell these. Mm. This is the right decision, you know. And sometimes I'm like, I'm getting off track here, but sometimes I'll be like, Ooh, buy that dress, you know, yeah. as it's coming down the runway. And I'll look down and she's not writing it down. And I'm like, <laughs> No, she like, no.
0: She's like, No, we're we not doing that one. <laughs>
1: like, good talk.
0: <laughs> so how does that work with picking out the dresses then? Do you go to I guess I'm maybe naive for not knowing this, but are they like fashion shows where you see people coming down the runway and you're like, Hey, <laughs> I want that?
1: Yeah, so there's there is different markets that you can attend um you know for all the retail industries. So ours currently are in um we go to Chicago every year. That just seems to be the one that we like the most. Mm-hmm. Bridal is there, prom is there. I have a really hectic schedule in my life with with two hockey players and another business, so I don't yep. get to multiple shows, so we need to go to a show where we can do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um there's also like an Atlanta prom market. There's a Vegas market that has been going on for a couple of years. I think okay. it's coming back, but yeah, we go to, we go to market and it's at the merchandise mart, uh, downtown Chicago. And you know, some of the vendors have live shows. Some of the vendors just have racks, um, and people there to help you write your, uh, your orders, but we stay pretty consistent with the vendors that we use from year to year. Um, sometimes we change out one or two, but okay, we've had some pretty solid partners for 17 years.
0: Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like that you actually have to find these dresses somewhere. You can't just go to Amazon and be like, all right, give me these 15 uh, prom dresses. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Is your business moving up and to the right? Put Midco's business technology to work for you. So you never have a slow day at the office from premium internet and phone plans to custom private networking and advertising. They have a solution for every type of business, large or small, get paired with an account representative to create your suite of services and make the switch with ease with dedicated business client fulfillment and support teams no data caps, flexible contracts with month-to-month or long-term options, built-in DDoS protection, and more. Explore services and request a free consultation at midco.com business today. Thank you to Midco for uh, sponsoring this episode. I'm a Midco user myself. Always been happy with the internet services that they've provided me. Um, I think I have the one gig internet and it uh, gets the job done for transferring all these video files that I'm dealing with. So thank you to Midco for uh, sponsoring today's episode. Mary, let's get back into a couple of the questions here. How did you go about getting your first sales people in the door when you opened? So did you have this big opening welcoming party yeah. or how did you get people like, Hey, we're open. We're, we're doing this.
1: Um, so we knew we had to be open by January 1st so that we could hit prom season. Cause I had figured out through market in October through visiting with other retailers uh, that were willing to lend a hand and, and, yep in terms of expertise. um, So we knew we had to be open by January 1st because that was the big prom season. So I was hoping that we would be like, you know, the new shiny retailer, big space, new store. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first day that we were open was actually super slow. And I thought, oh my Uh gosh, (laughs) what have I done?
0: Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did do business after hours to kind of, you know, get the community in there. Um, but it took a couple of weeks of people to kind of figure out that we were there because we had really spent our budget on inventory by that point. Yeah, And I didn't have a ton of money left over for marketing, marketing stuff like and okay. advertising, which was, you know, in hindsight, I just didn't know what to do. I was like, I, I, I need more product to sell, mm-hmm. but I, I need people too. But that eventually kind of started to work itself out because people did figure out that we were open and start to kind of come in and be like, I need to check this out. And then I think word spread pretty fast that
0: I suppose it's a little scary though. at the beginning. We're like, Oh my God, no one's coming in here.
1: Oh yeah. I'll never forget the first customer we had, um, wanted to, there's Diable shoes where you could order them and get them in a specific color. This is a core memory. And so this customer came up with these shoes and said, I want to order these and I want to order them in this color. Yep. And I was like, I have no idea how to ring that up. Yeah, like, um, like, I know we can do that. I know we have that company <laughs> right here, but I don't know how to run this in this point of sale system because yeah. I'd been filling sheetrock holes and and painting to get us open in time. I mean, yeah. the, we had to make sure the walls were dry the day we hung the dresses because it was that tight of a timeline. Really. So I hadn't spent a ton of time yet in the,
0: in the POS system. In the POS system.
1: Yeah. And I was like, you know, we're going to take your name and phone number and I'm going to I'm going to get
0: this figured out. <laughs> we can only do that on Thursdays actually, so you're going to have to you're going to have was, to come back in 2 days.
1: Oh, it was so embarrassing, but um people were gracious cuz they knew we were new, yeah. right? And so if you if you're just honest with customers, mm-hmm. um you know, we eventually just told her like, "Hey, we're We just don't know. We're figuring this out and we're going to get this figured out and your order is going to be correct. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I need to call the company to figure out how to ring this up correctly. And yeah,
0: well, that's good that you, you know, that customer specifically was willing to do that. But I think it is important, like you said, to be honest with the customers and most of the time they are forgiving.
1: Yes. They don't like being lied to. They can sense that. So you know, if we had, if we had said anything other than the truth in that morning and it, and it actually made her smile, she's like, Oh, right. Hey, I get it. We're just so bad. You know, I mean, it was because we were honest and because yeah. you're, you're willing to be vulnerable in that moment and be like, Hey.
0: And so, yeah, I mean, it's better to just be like, Hey, we burned your dress down. Like we lit your dress, <laughs> lit your dress on fire. We're going to get you another one right. instead of, Oh, right. I don't know what happened. Right. There's an arsonist. He yes. Came uh, so. It, finances are important in business. Do you have a partnership with a local bank or anything? Or, you know, how do you kind of keep the finances? Cause I, that's, I know that's one thing I struggled with when I started my business mm-hmm. is I don't know how to manage money at all. Right. before that I would get money, spend it all. Right. Get more money, spend it all. So right. how, what does your partnerships look like on that end, the financial end?
1: Um, so we started with United Community Bank and we're still with them to this day. I mean, they've always just been there through um, the highs and lows. and helped us tremendously. Um, you know, I know they helped us navigate some things during the flood. And then during the pandemic, uh, Roscoe Straley is my banker and, you know, like the, the bank of North Dakota, there were so many programs during the pandemic, but I remember the bank of North Dakota came out with a grant, um, for local businesses. And you had to submit, uh, I don't remember what documents you had to submit, but Roscoe told me about it one day and I said yeah I'll get you those documents I do my own QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I emailed him over the file and the next morning he uh, texted me and said um, I have your grant written up for the Bank of North Dakota program I just need you to docu sign I looked it all over it was correct I wasn't even out of bed yet yeah and so I'm docu signing and um, and a couple weeks later because they took all the, you know the forms, and they went through them for the grant because a grant is money you don't have to pay back. It's yeah. you know a grant. It's like here you go. And um, I had been awarded like the first one because my application was really? one of the first ones. Like, big I mean, Roscoe? Roscoe was on top of it, and and that is the kind of partner you need. So you gotta. We have a lot of great local banks. I mean, I a lot of friends in the banking industry. So just find somebody that, again, wants you to win and truly mm-hmm. is paying attention to the programs and paying attention to your finances and helping you navigate that um, because you do need to lean on on a good banker that that's going to support you.
0: Yeah, and especially the banking industry specifically like that finances are so important business it might be the most important thing mm-hmm. and that's you know it goes back to having those relationships relationships are so important business i didn't really realize that until i thought i'm like i can take over the world yeah do it on my own i didn't need to know anybody and then i'm like oh shit i don't know how to do this yes. i'm gonna have to find someone that helps yes here. so relationships are uh really important do you have any nightmare business stories anything that like oh gosh can't believe we did that or like oh there was a scare here
1: um I don't remember the specifics of it, but they're, so our tuxedos have come out of various um, warehouses over the years because tuxedo rentals start in a warehouse, you place the orders so they reserve those sizes, right? For okay. your store for those weekends yep. after people come in for their measurements and then they ship them to you, right? Gotcha. And at one point, um, Katie would know where our warehouse is now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But at one point, I remember our warehouse was in Kansas. Okay. And tornadoes ripped through Kansas. Ooh. And we got an email that the um, warehouse was temporarily closed down. Okay. Well, how do you explain to a Minot bride that her taxes are in a Kansas warehouse where a tornado is yeah. currently ripping through? And so our nightmares have been, and not that we're perfect to any degree. Yep. I think we do a pretty fantastic job, but any of our real nightmares, like the stuff that made me go, Oh my gosh, how are we going to recover from this? Yeah. Was generally stuff that was out of our control. Um, Winter, winter storms again with Texas, the tornado, Mm -hmm. but the tornado was like so many weddings involved in that one.
0: So it's kind of just like getting the, it's not necessarily stuff that happens in minor. It's, you know, stuff that comes here traveling, that kind of thing.
1: Right. We call those the the uncontrollables, the things that are out of your control, but, but, you know, we still made a promise and we still need to figure something out. So, mm-hmm. um, they did end up showing up in time in that case. I think they got open in time to just overnight everything. Whereas yeah. we we're used to having things on Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. <clears throat> they did end up showing up in time. So we have, we have averted all true Seems. nightmares in 17 years. I'm going to not, yeah, this is just real wood too. Said there you go. That. I can't believe <laughs> I just said that I'm a goalie mom. Yeah. I know better than to say things. um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that we've ever truly ruined somebody's, Yeah, it was something that was in our control.
0: The company obviously. in Kansas was just chucking the tuxes into the tornado and launching it. Right. The rip, rip I mean, and what, what are they to do? Right. I mean, yeah. they
1: were, they obviously have many people waiting for those tuxes.
0: So. Yeah. And I think I want to say it's, um, it's in my contract. So I should know it like my video contract, but force majeure, major, majeure, something like that. I think it's like, There's a, there's a clause in the contract that if something out of anyone's control happens, like we'll figure out a way to move forward with it, but like no one's at fault. Right. Like, you know, if I'm flying somewhere and the plane has to land because there's a hijack or something, Right. that's maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit, hopefully that doesn't happen, but something like that. I think it's like force majeure. Uh, So how do you go about building an image to the community of what Marry Me stands for? You know, kind of looks like to the public.
1: Um, I think our image that we've always, again, I go back to customer service and attention to detail and that is the, those are the two biggest things that I stress with the staff on a regular basis. And I say, you know, cause I don't work at the store anymore. I haven't, I haven't worked at the store in probably, probably close to 10 years, mm-hmm. um, seven years, sorry. So every time I walk into the store, I walk in with the mindset of a customer Yeah. Right. And I think every business owner should do that because that is your image. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I walk in and I see boxes and stuff all over the counter and people sitting, it, it that is that is the first impression that my customers are getting. So, you know, I always not always, but every now and then you have to freshen the staff up and like, hey, in, in a yeah. very friendly way. Hey, ladies, when I walked in today. From my experience as a bride, so excited to come into this beautiful boutique that I've heard about. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I see, because you have, what, three seconds to make your first impression on a customer. And
0: I feel like that's so important in the retail industry, too.
1: Yeah, in any industry. I mean, if I walk into any business, I want somebody to at least make eye contact with me and smile, Mm -hmm. even if they're busy, acknowledge that I'm here and acknowledge that You know, like when you're ordering a drink at a bar, if the bartender just gives you a wave like, hey, I see you. Yeah. You'll wait so much longer because you've just been acknowledged with a friend. Instead of them
0: turning your back to you and like, am I ever going to get a drink?
1: Right. Right. So, you know, I think it's important as business owners to always see your business through the perspective of your customers. Yeah. And and so. That's what I do on a, on a regular basis. Is- which is,
0: yeah, which is good to do. And I think that helps that you're not in there on the day-to-day basis. Because yep. if you're in there on day-to-day, you might get clouded on what you're seeing because you're there right. so often.
1: And I acknowledge that to them. Like, hey, you guys don't realize this because you're, you're in the storm all day, right? Yeah. And it's more convenient to unpack boxes right here. Mm-hmm. But...
0: You can't. If you
1: can't. <laughs> and here's why. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure I walk in and they're like, Ah, oh,
0: Mary's here. look get you the know? boxes, Put the boxes in the, <laughs> back. Get the boxes. We see her car. Yeah, get the chairs away. Everyone but, stand up.
1: Yeah, but they understand too. Like I, I don't I don't come in and berate them, but mm-hmm. I come in and I just say, Hey, I need you to step back here and see that this is the first thing that your customer is gonna see, or your yeah. walk in bride, or your and and they're like, Yeah, you're right, you know. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it's not that it's their fault, they're trying to be efficient.
0: Which is good. Which is good. And it's better than, you know, you probably experienced this with the bad bosses you said you've had in the past and going in there and just start ripping people.
1: Right. Right. That is not effective. That does not make people want to work harder for you when, when you're constantly negative.
0: Yeah. Are there any processes or strategies that you've had to implement to make your business run more effectively? Was there any, a turning point in your business where you're like, we need to switch this. Otherwise, you know, it's just too clunky.
1: I think any business, if you are not constantly refining your processes and looking for a better way to do something, you're going to be a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we're constantly refining um, the way we th- we do things, and 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 that would be even a better question for Katie at this point because yeah. I trust her. I mean, hire good people and get out of their way, right? Yeah, I trust her to be on top of those processes and to be. You know, looking for holes in the system and things that need to be fixed so that you are always over communicating with your customers and that your terms and conditions are understood and that the way that a tax rental handles, you know, if you have yeah. problems, go back and be willing to fix the process. Figure them out. People that say this is how we've always done it. Um, you're not going to be in business very
0: long. Yeah, you will be yeah, blockbuster. You blockbuster. used, to, used yep. to say that. You don't want to be yep. the blockbuster of any yep. industry. That's the
1: exact example.
0: Why do you think it's important to have a community that supports a business like yours?
1: I think that's a two part answer. I think you have to be a good community supporter in mm-hmm. this town and in any town. And the community will support you. So if you're a good partner to the community, um, the community will support you. Yeah. I mean, you want to keep people shopping local, buying local. Obviously, they have choices. They can leave town for their prom dress. Generally, they're Texas. They're going to stay local. But, I mean, I've always believed that the good you put out into this world will come back to you tenfold. Yep. But the good that you put out, you have to put it out generally with the intent of not getting anything in return, mm-hmm. right? And And it does come back.
0: And that's something where, you know, maybe a lot of people think it's a one-way street where it's like, oh, the community should support me. I open a business in this community. It's like, well, yeah, but what are you doing? The
1: community owes you nothing. Yeah. You have to earn it. Exactly. You really have to earn it. And
0: that's why, you know, like you said, business after hours and other events you can do where community can actually be engaged, I think is super important.
1: I did. um, I was in Rotary for, gosh... Over 15 years. That's one of the first organizations I joined when I moved to Minot. Uh, I was on the United Way Board of Directors. Um, I did a lot when the new country club was opening. I mean, I owe and all of that is just volunteerism, right? Just trying to make the community a better place. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the good that I put out into the community and the relationships that I have built over those years just came back tenfold because those were the people that showed up when we opened that yep. said, Hey, we do want to get our son's tucks from you this year. Cause I've been with you on this project or I've helped. We've been you know.
0: working together over here. Yes.
1: That. Yes. So if you're going to be a business owner and think that you can just <clears throat> only work and kind of go home, I mean, you truly need to be out in the community like me being here yeah. today. There you go, see? <laughs> being and on camera is not my favorite thing, but here I am. Hey, you're killing it though. It's awesome.
0: Uh and I do appreciate you coming on here. Is there any type of marketing that you've found to be successful?
1: You know, we do images are important for us obviously with what we do, so we do a ton of like Facebook and Instagram marketing because we need to be able to get things out there <clears throat> immediately, right? Yep. We we um get a box of prom dresses in. We get them on mannequins. We get that out immediately because people want to know, right? People want information now. Oh yeah. Well, 2022
0: is, it's crazy that it's like, if you don't have it now, like tomorrow, no one's going to care.
1: Yes. Yes. So, um, I know we've got some great local advertisers that, that is the right fit for certain business models, but we have found truly the most successful advertising for us is just having good social media, um, employees on staff I mean the younger ones are so great at it well they're hitting
0: the demographic that you're looking for too
1: yes but they're but they're great with the images they're great with you know so I would encourage business owners that if you have younger people on staff that are great like let them run your social media and give yeah. them the parameters of what you're aiming for. But mm-hmm. don't be a dinosaur on social media either
0: and embarrass yourself. And it moves so fast. I know yes. my sister goes to school in Grand Forks and she, I think does some <laughs> social media stuff for, it's like a wellness type spa place mm-hmm. and not, I don't know that business at all, but it is helpful to have younger people that know the platforms are changing oh. every day. Instagram, TikTok, what social, to tag, all of it. How to yeah.
1: tag for you pay. I mean, we had, um, Aspen was doing when she was living in Minot. She was doing our, she was like, We're going to get a TikTok page. And, you know, she's beautiful for starters. And yep. um, she was getting like 70,000 likes on these TikToks. Yeah. I'm like, We are viral.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, Keep doing it. This Keep is awesome. doing it. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, so just leveraging the skills of the people that you have on staff. I always go back to that. Hire good people empower them, get out of their way and let them do their thing and really shine within your business. And everybody on your staff has different skill sets, So figure out what they're good at
0: and set them loose. And I think a lot of it is being self-aware enough to know, I don't know everything. Like if you're better at this than I am, go ahead and do it. Like I don't have to have control over everything. Just like handing off delegating tasks.
1: If you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. Yeah. Right. I mean, I always try to to hire people and surround myself with people that I can say, wow, you are so good at yeah. that and acknowledging you are definitely better at that mm. than I am.
0: And you can learn from those people.
1: And learn from them. Absolutely. Don't ever feel threatened by people that are better at something with, than you because that's where growth occurs.
0: Exactly. What do you enjoy about the business process? Only got a couple more questions here for you.
1: I'm a numbers person, so I'm a numbers person. I'm a budgets person. That is the part of the business I like. I like winning. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like, you know, Katie and I set each month up against kind of an average of that month to the previous three or four years. You know, COVID's kind of weird, so you kind of take that one out. But when we sit down and set our monthly goals, it's, you know, that's the part I enjoy is the goals and the numbers. Okay. Because when you get people excited about goals and numbers, it gives them something to go after, you know, like mm-hmm. our prom staff will come up with a a thermometer for the number of prom dresses sold. Right. Okay. So it's a visual and it yeah. gets them excited when they haven't worked for a few days, they want to come in and see where the, where thermometer. yeah, yeah where's it moving to. And so that's the stuff that I get excited about because it drives people. I like, I like, I like to drive people to win,
0: which is goals are important in business too. Yes. If you're trying to achieve something, you don't know where you're going or how to get there. Then that's seems like a recipe for disaster. It is. How are you looking to grow the business day after day?
1: You know, the, the business as it sits right now does great numbers. I'm very happy. I mean, it's taken us what?
0: 17 years, 17 years
1: to, to get there. And, um, so now I'm at a point where I'm like, hey, if we can maintain or just do small growth year over year yeah. and keep expenses in line and, you know, any growth, I like to put a lot of that growth back into labor because I feel like they're they've caused the growth, they've earned it. So yeah. so I do I do tie the growth back to incentives for the staff, but that's also what drives the growth, right? Yeah. Because they know if the store does well, we do
0: well. Yeah. Which is cool. So, and it's and important. Like, is it so it's almost like kind of like a I don't know if it's commission based, but it's the same premise of like, Hey, if, if we're making more money, I mean, you guys are going to be making more money too, right. which right. is, which is awesome. Mount Rushmore of business advice, top four pieces.
1: I think I've covered a lot of them. Um, the if, first one being hire good people and get out of their way. Yep. Um, customer service and being detail oriented. You know, the customer is always right. Figure it out, make it right. Um, goals truly a goal mindset of, of goals and vision of where you want the business to go. Um, and the last one would be fourth one to not be afraid of failure. Because if I let my fear at the beginning control my decisions, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't be where I am today with, with either of my businesses. You, you know, every time a challenge gets handed to me, I'm scared for a second. And then I go, no,
0: let's just figure it out. You yeah. don't
1: own me today. We're yeah. figuring this out. Right.
0: Which I think is a good one to end on because that's the main thing in business that I think people are worried about is the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Failure doesn't. And we talked about it earlier. I failed in a clothing business in high school. Failure doesn't. It's not a failure unless you allow it to be a failure. It's right. really just a learning point A learning experience. To go into whatever the next thing yeah. might be. Where can, uh, that's all the questions I got for you. Where can people find you? Where can they find you online?
1: Uh, so we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have a website, uh, store.net. Uh, we have a strong presence on there. You can find Katie Davis, our unbelievable store managers at the store. Most days, um, shout out to Katie, shout out to Katie, all the shouts out to Katie. Yep. I mean, she is the goat. Okay. And everybody loves Katie and, and I love Katie. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find us.
0: Cool. And I suppose prom season's coming up. So uh, go check out Mary Me Bridal. We'll put all of the links and all the social media and websites in the description below. Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. That was episode 22 of the My Not Business podcast. Please leave a rating and review if you really like the show. And we will see you guys next week for episode 23 of the My Not Business podcast.